0: Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Right Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. Oh, G'day, everyone. It's uh, Phil Tarrant here. Thanks for joining us on our next installment of Investing Insights with the Right Property Group. I have my regular co-hosts in the podcast studio, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar. How are you going, guys? Yeah, well, mate. Phil how are thanks? you? The market. The market. The market how do you feel about the market, Steve? We talk pretty much every other day, it feels like. I speak to you more at the moment than my wife, and that concerns me <laughs> and it alarms me. Like why don't you just
1: put that out there a little further, hey? I know.
0: <laughs> but is what a good buyer's agent does, keeps connected and communicated. But um, You know, yeah. we're buying at the moment through you guys, and um, we often speak about the market, and markets are changing, and we're in an interesting cycle, part, part of the cycle right now where mm. some markets are good, some markets are bad, some markets are indifferent. Perth, coming back, i They'd to believe, uh, according to the media, according to the media, yeah, fake news, um, possible, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sydney's done and dusted. Brisbane's the place to be, allegedly, and, and parts and, of yeah, parts and, of. And I'm still reading stories about uh, the crisis of uh, Australian debt, where every Australian owes two dollars for every dollar they make every single year. So mm, it's mm. doom and gloom, and the sky's falling in. Scary numbers, right?
1: Yeah. Look, I think the markets. Not much has changed in the market, other than the obvious regions of oversupply. Um, which we've all been banging on about for the last 18 months, and they've now come to fruition. I think the big key to the market at the moment is all around finance. Uh, if we take the obvious you know, fundamentals away and what have you, finance is the driving factor here. The the lack of serviceability, perhaps, for some investors, uh, being able to perpetuate into the next property, or whether it be to release equity, whatever it, whatever it is. And what we also find is with the increasing interest rates and the the rising prices, we have that double effect of lowering yields or cash flow, um, which is essentially what enables us to hold on to the property. Having said all of that, there is some good markets still in metropolitan areas around Australia that are showing yields of 6 you know, to 7% gross, of course. And when the cost of your money is what now average about 5%, 5% if we're going to be a little negative or conservative, uh, 5% is still cheap money. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing that we see in the media at the moment and perhaps with the the unsophisticated investor is that the panic is around rising interest rates. But let's be let's be fair here. It was only two years ago, or thereabouts, that we'd you know, group hug, high five if we got five percent or four point nine nine. Uh, now that we're back at that because we were used to four point one and what have you, yeah. You know, there's a little bit of panic there, and you know, for us, it's still cheap money. On a long term average, five percent is still cheap Pretty money.
0: Good. Yeah. So the question for you, Victor, is it a good time to be investing in property?
2: Look, uh, yes and no. If you are. Uh right on the line, red line in terms of um, servicing the loan. So you're pushing yourself to get into a property and you're relying on the interest rates to be stable, the rents to be consistent, uh, for you to be able to hold onto the property and the lender that you've chosen is the only lender you could ever qualify with. I think you should take some time out. But in these sorts of markets, that's when the bargains start coming out. That's when there's a lot more flexibility in terms of uh, what you can negotiate. and. for someone that's better prepared and well prepared and well connected, this is the market to invest in.
1: Well, that's the key, isn't it? Being well prepared, even if you're in that consolidation phase, yeah. you still want to be prepared for the you know for the what ifs and just in case you need to pounce. What was interesting I saw on the on the news the other day that there is zero now or zero four hundred thousand and below in Sydney properties in the in the Sydney Basin, um, which I find amazing because it's been rapid growth, and I think there'll be a, a period of. Very little growth, so that we can get those averages, so to speak. But I still think it's amazing that it wasn't too long ago. Well, if we even take your property, Phil, say one of the Mount Druitt units, what was that two hundred thousand or one hundred and eighty or something like that? And you know, look at it now. It's actually one of those very few properties under four hundred thousand.
0: Yeah, but it goes back to time in the market rather than time in the market. And but it's not what I want to chat to you guys today about. I want to. Uh, I guess I've bookended my my comments to you guys around the market because property investment is a game of time rather than a game of chance. So Very deep, Phil, it is, and you know I can get deep. I can get in touch with my uh, my deeper side and i've just come off the back of a surf trip so i'm really got back my sort of nature, of yin yeah. and yang sorted out at the moment <laughs> uh, i'm thinking with a lot more clarity but um we're going through a, a period of growth in our portfolio after a, a bit of a hiatus and you can listen to it on the smart property investment show where i chat to steve about it but um i've been thinking a lot about managing my portfolio uh lately and um and we sort of touched on some previous podcasts um about and, and, and To your point, and this is something that I've always sort of thought you've explained well, is that a lot of people get carried away thinking that property is a passive investment. You guys are the first to say, hang on a second, property is not a passive investment. Mm. You know, if you really want to grow, if you want to create wealth through property, you need to be hands-on. So managing your portfolio is, is critical for anyone who wants to build a portfolio of multiple properties. And a lot of people, I think, when they think about managing a portfolio, they think about property managers and making sure the hot water system's working or, you know, I've got to replace some locks or whatever. Managing a portfolio is something very different, isn't Far more than that. Far
1: more than that. And I think, just coming back to the comment where property's not passive, I think the only passive part of property is probably its growth. And that's, of course, if you don't do the renovations and force equity. That, I suppose, could be passive, but certainly the cash flow management is not. That's where it's a hands-on approach and you've got to be involved. And that that's everywhere from, as you mentioned, Phil, managing your property manager, because they have a role to play, through to insurance, through to your brokers or your financiers. Um, yeah, there's a lot involved. and. You know, you'll hear. I think Victor likes to sit down on a Sunday night because he's got nothing else better to do, and plan out his his next <laughs> week's. Property worth. weirdo, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he he adjusts his cash flow there. Whereas I'm probably not that pedantic. I like to do it every month, but I suppose that's because we're in the market every day doing mm. everybody mm. else's reviews and, and management.
0: So on that basis then, and I'm one of the probably the biggest advocates of. Surrounding yourself with people who can do stuff better than yourself. And, you know, I use you guys to buy my properties, and I've got a good broker and a good accountant. I look to outsource part of the management of my portfolio because the people I work with are good at what they do, and I don't have a lot of time. But you would always fundamentally say back to me, you're responsible for managing your portfolio you can't expect other people to manage it so let's touch on that quickly do you think a lot of people get that wrong they think that someone else's job if i pay them
1: yeah probably the 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 biggest example of that would be a property manager yeah you you pay your seven or eight percent and you expect stuff to be done and and be done on time and that you don't have to remind them but you you need to understand that property management is if not the hardest it'd be the second hardest job in in terms of property Uh, and so they are constantly busy and they rely upon a lot of systems and procedures, and also-
2: Ever-changing goals. Ever, yeah,
1: and rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. So some things do get missed, and they, they require a lot of direction from the landlord. But unfortunately, sometimes landlords just think, well, yeah, I'm paying them, you make that decision. And a really good example of that would be, they find a new tenant for you, and they've, they've vet-checked them, so to speak, and done the P&L or the assets and liabilities, but 99% of the time, the property manager will come back to you as a landlord and say the decision is yours. And that's where you need to be involved. You need to be involved in the increase or the decrease of your rent.
0: So should you be prompting the property management to do that or they should well, come to you to do
1: why? it? Well, look, yeah, in a theoretical world, no, you, you should wait for them to come to you because you know, that's what they do. They're in the market every day. But I think that's a bit of a cop-out. If you want to be invested in your own business, then you should be monitoring it on a monthly basis at the very least to see what the market's doing, not just in terms of value, but in terms of cash flow being the rent. And you know, if you haven't got enough time to, talk to your property managers will then you know, more
2: fool you.
0: Victor, how do you know if you're not managing your portfolio very well?
2: Well, the first thing is if you start losing sight of the numbers, in other words, you know what what your property is rented for, You know, whether the tenant is up to date, where your interest rates are at, all the sort of stuff, then you start to lose control of the portfolio because then you're flying blind. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I find quite common is that when you talk to most investors and you ask them, what their interest rates are or what rent they're getting, they're probably quoting something that's three, four, maybe six months old in terms of the information. If you got that wrong, then it starts unraveling and it starts unraveling rather rapidly, especially in this market that's changing where uh, you'd want to keep a tenant on. That's a good paying tenant um, because your rents are starting to ease out a bit because of where the market is right now. It's purely a cyclical thing. So if you lost a tenant today, there's likelihood that you'd be, uh, depending on the area, depending on the condition of the property and so forth, and depending on how good the property manager is and how proactive they are, that you would be vacant for two, three weeks. And it could be uh, all prevented if you had a finger on the pulse and um, uh, if the tenant had asked for something mundane, you actually granted that, but not getting into a habit of granting everything that the tenant asked for. Yeah, I think
1: the problem is that people get lost within their own portfolios. Those that, that do take notice, I suppose, or are involved, uh, you get lost because you're always looking at your own figures. And it, and it really does pay dividends to, to get someone outside of that to, to, do in the, yeah, to, to dig, dig in there for you. And a really good example is, you know, I'll look at Victor's portfolio, he'll look at mine, and then we start to tweak and give advice on each other's portfolio even though that's what we do every day yeah but more amazingly amazing is how many people actually don't review their scenario or their position uh, on a constant but and i'm not even talking annually i'm talking a couple of times a year see
0: i i'd put my hands up and say i what you were just talking about victor i I sometimes feel like i fall into that Mm. boat right um
2: it's hard to catch up
0: once you've let it go it's hard to catch up and and i generally need a bit of a a prompt to get back in there and Mm. sort it out and you've just done that for me so i've got to (laughs) you know, <laughs> yeah. I know mean, our portfolio is fine, yeah. right? It's yeah. cool, and, and 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 there's mechanisms for it to, for it to keep doing what it's doing, right? But you know, if if you put a gun against my head and said, "What's your rent on all your different properties?", I, I probably couldn't tell you. Mm. You know, I'd probably thereabouts know. Yeah. And I'm always first say, "You got to know your numbers, right? I should know, you know, how much all my properties are, whether or not they've got tenants in there. You know, mm. that's always and, a good start. And it, it is. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and, and, and 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 to be fair, I've two weeks later, and I've not known that. One of them was vacant. I'm going, well, what's going on? But whose fault is that? It's my, obviously. Ultimately, my fault. it's your fault. Yeah, it's my fault. Doesn't
1: matter whether the the property manager has told you or not. You should have noticed that there's no income coming in. And this is one of the things that. Uh, that we encourage all our clients to do. Um, we supply a Portfolio Tracker, which is essentially is a Google Doc. So that it's with you all the time. It, it, it's on your smartphone. It's on your computer. So that whenever anyone asks you these questions, whether it be a financier or accountant, it is there you with it. you. You don't have to go home and then email. It is there with you. That way you can stay on top of things. The other thing which we find is really, really uh, important and that most people miss is Dates and the dates when things expire, such as today's insurance. Insurance <laughs> is huge. Yeah, you know, there, there's a there's a client that we have around Christmas every year. About three or four of their policies start to lapse, and we need to chase them. With uh, well, this
0: person, Mr. Mr. in the media. That's yeah. right. Well, actually, what were you called the other day on on, on Fox, Mr. Tarant? Mr. Tarant. Tarant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, the, it's, it's the Italian version of
1: <laughs> <laughs> One of the dates that that we often. Uh, see people missing, and especially in today's market, is when their interest-only terms mm. uh, expire. I've sat with a few clients recently where their, their expiry date is within six months, and yeah, they need to giddy up now and start organising going Because Because
0: if you're proactive and go back to bank now and say, hey, look, I want to extend my interest-only term for another three or four years, I'll go... You've, yeah, got yeah, you've got a greater chance. You've got a greater chance. But if that expires and it reverts straight to a, a P&I. P&I, yeah. it's at
1: and i it's at a higher rate. Correct. This is where people don't take responsibility for their own investment. That's your broker's job, isn't it? No, Well, yeah, potentially, but it's your job. It's your asset. It's your life. It's your money. It's your call. I think if people took a, bit, a bigger responsibility, they'd be in a far better uh, financial position. So a year out is when you should start looking at these things. When does your lease expire? As an example, and giving two months' notice whether the tenant should go or increase the rent or re-sign them, whatever it may be. When does your insurance, as we talked about uh, a little earlier on, what's the current
0: rates? Yeah, I'm quite cyclical in my attention to detail in our portfolio, and we haven't got a massive portfolio, but it's not a small portfolio, right? There's quite a lot of moving parts. Of yeah, that, um, properties all over Australia, and you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But I know that when I start to feel a little bit less connected with my portfolio, which I do right now, Victor, by the way, and you've just prompted mm-hmm. me to sort some stuff out, right? I know it's quite quick to be able to get reconnected with my portfolio. If I spend half a day, I could sort it out, right? You know, I can click all those yeah. things out. I'm back into it. I know what's going on. I know there's any pressure points. I know whatever. And and the way I manage my portfolio, I've got someone I work quite closely with here who, you know, has got a system for telling me when there's problems. I don't know, Victor, you manage your portfolio a very similar way. You're not the guy who's Making sure bills are done for paid. Someone does that for you, but but you've got a you've got a relationship with someone who knows what information you need in order for you to be connected with Mm -hmm. your portfolio, and that works for you.
2: That does. And and um, one of the things that you'll find is a good property portfolio. It's really easy to lose connection with it because it doesn't um, feel like a cash flow drain. Mm. And when it is not a cash flow drain, you you tend not to uh, focus on it. But it's only when when it starts hurting that most people refocus mm. on the portfolio, and by that time it's too late. That's so actually port- that's, that's
1: we often say: if you're not feeling it, it's dangerous. Because if you're not feeling, it, as you just said, Vic, well, it's it's out of sight, out of mind. But if you were having to you know to to skimp around and scrounge around for every dollar, well, then you'd be well on top of your portfolio. And unfortunately, you're often a victim of your own good portfolio.
0: Well, this you know and and again I I purchased this uh, a property um, probably a month or so ago oh it was probably two months ago uh, three uh, you guys helped me out with it um up in Kalinga and it needed a bit of work done to it and um, you know I think the mortgage on it is like 1300 bucks a month or something other and, and I went I've got to get this sorted out but I was doing so many other things that sat there and probably didn't work as fast as it should have done for me to get to a point where I could get Rented out which has just happened now so I probably carried that probably for two months now without any income on it mm. and, I, and I actually went $1,300 oh, that hurts a bit but it didn't hurt so much yep. that I jumped to it really, really quickly. And that's that's a but you would on my, yeah. yeah. yeah that, 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 that's not good. That's, no, that, that's not. not good on my behalf, you know, and I, that should have been a really big signal to me to sort this stuff out. I think I eventually went, shit, I've got to sort <laughs> yeah. this out. This is actually <laughs> starting to hurt a bit, right? So it was a really good motivator to keep keep it on. So how do you strike that balance, though? To Because to, I know in business, I work the best when I'm under the pump, right?
1: Well, um, this is it, right? And, that's and it. because yeah. you know, we're all in business and we've all got property portfolios, often when you've got deadlines and you, know, you need to achieve stuff, that's when your best results, that's when your best work happens. But when things are, are percolating, they're ticking over, well, it's, you know, it is you that complacent. out of sight. Yeah. You, you complacent. You become complacent. Cruise mode. Yeah. And, that's what yeah. it, and, and, and that's what our scope is. That's what our job is with our clients. You know, we regularly do reviews on them. We like to do them every quarter in a perfect world where we sit down and we go through the numbers, we tweak the portfolio on what we should do now, three months, six months, 12 months, so that we're adjusting the cash flow, we're adjusting their timing, but it also gives us a very clear direction on what, when, and where it should be next. So whether that be consolidating, whether that be buying again in 12 months, or what actions we need to to do now to let's say perhaps release equity in six months. What are we gonna do now to get that result in six months? How do we adjust serviceability by perhaps using some of the equity to pay out a car loan, speak to your broker though, and your financial advisor, uh, so that your serviceability uh, is a little more enhanced, mm-hmm. put rents up, whatever it may be. But if you're not connected to your portfolio, as you put it, that closely, yeah. it's not just the now that's hurting you, it's actually what's gonna happen in six months. It's what's gonna happen in 12 months. And
0: Things snowball, snowball
1: quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. And if you go back, go back to the worst time that any of us have experienced, which is the GFC. Yeah. And I don't know of anybody that really lost their portfolios or any property from a lack of negative equities. Equity it was yeah. from a lack of cash flow. Yeah. And that's why it's so important. We often talk about controlling your cash flow is about the next important thing behind oxygen
0: you, you just need it this might be a bit of a generalization but imagine you, you guys work with investors right across australia and over the years that i've worked with you guys you know we, we sort of anecdotally spoke about the type of people you know like engineers are a, a particular sort of beast and then you might be doing work with doctors who see the world a little bit differently so <laughs> People are all wide slightly different, right? But if yep. I was going to generalize, you would probably have people who are mad property investors who are every single day living and breathing property. And then you've got mm. people who I would probably fall more into the boat of just someone that wants to create wealth through property and sort of just expects it to happen in the background. In the background yeah, for yeah. them, right? So so you've got two two very different types of people. In your experience working with um, with your clients, Victor, maybe one for you, do most people, because they use a buyer's agent, are typically got their shit in order, or do you find that? Do, how do you have those tough conversations with people going? Hey, yeah, hey, uh, mate, it, this it, is it wrong. comes back
2: comes back yeah. to um, you know what, what the systems and procedures the buyer's agent or you know, the property strategies brings to the table, right? If it's just you know you want a property and here's a property and off you go, then that's different, right? So what I find is that most people that are investing, they tend to defer to the accountant. And so the only time they're really looking at their portfolio is um, uh, during tax time. And of course, the accountant then says, depending on when they've bought it, that you've got this much depreciation on it. So your property is actually costing you X or Y. And it's always sugar-coated in terms of tax and depreciation and what backs they've they've been able to get. But if you manage the portfolio based on how we help our clients manage and in, case, in, in the same um, way we manage our portfolio, it is spending a little bit of time on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be all life-consuming uh, and, and that's all you do. Um, a, a little bit of scheduled time Uh, Whether it's it's weekly, fortnightly, monthly, I wouldn't go beyond a month to see, first of all, whether all your properties are rented. If you're getting the rent that's quoted on the statement as the net rent that's coming to your account, it has actually dropped into your account. And whether there's some simple stuff as you've been invoiced for something twice, they so actually need to look at the statements. You need to look at all the paperwork that comes across to you. Reconciliation. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. At, the,
1: at the end of the day, and I think that's where people that's where really, they fall down. That's yeah. where it's they the fall. Out. Boring stuff,
0: though. Isn't it's it? It's an hour a
1: month. You know? Like that's all it yeah. takes. So, uh, yeah, I sat with someone yesterday. that has got 21 properties. They spend literally an hour a month entering the data into their into their portfolio trackers that we supply. Uh, and that's all it takes. But if you miss one
0: month, then it's probably a week's worth. So let's have a chat about this this person twenty one properties. I don't know who they are, but that's how they manage your portfolio, and that's sufficient enough for them to realise their investment goals for investing. No, in that's,
1: that's that hour a month is enough for data entry.
0: That's just data entry. Yeah. Okay. So how much? other time would this person spend on managing their portfolio in, in inverted commas it's you know what, it,
1: it's it's funny because things go in cycles Yeah, you, know, you might have a, a heavy couple of months on maintenance but you might not have had anything for three years or you might have a lot of vacancies in one hit so there's no real standard time but i would assume if i and, and knowing them I would suggest they'd spend probably ten hours a month between emails, phone calls. Yeah, when you've got twenty-one properties, ten hours a month is not much in the scheme it's of things. It's a pretty good
0: alley rate, right? If you think yeah. about, you've got twenty-one properties. What value is that going up every single month divided yep. by your time? It's probably the highest alley rate you're ever going to get.
1: Better than McDonald's. Better than McDonald's. <laughs> They're what I would call a sophisticated investor. They are fully dialed in to their position. They live it. They breathe it. As well as holding down two full-time jobs, Yeah, they just and they enjoy it that's the that's the, that's the it, key right? yeah? yeah but then there are a lot of people that that uh yeah, have one property or, or two properties that are just as dialed in um but they obviously don't need as much time and then there's property investors that just absolutely forget about everything and at the end of the day it, it'll be what it'll be and that's dangerous
0: so let's flip this on the head we're talking about how much time you should spend investing in property oh sorry managing. investing your time in managing your property do you think some people over invest their time in managing like if you've got one or two properties you know can you spend too much? Can you overthink your portfolio too much? To- yes. I think yeah, I think you can overthink <laughs> very easily. A lot of that overthinking is usually done before you buy the
1: property. So, you know, analysis paralysis, as we all know about, but you spend so much time researching an area and then running the numbers, which is all good. That's sort of you know, the tick, 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 the ABC of, of what you should do right. But then once you've settled the property and you've got a few rent checks or a few paydays and paid the mortgage, it just, Sort of withers away into the, into the back of your mind, into the back of your life, until you want to reinvest again, and then you start to get this. You know, or if there's an issue that comes up, or if an yeah. issue comes up, and and this is the problem. It's I truly believe that too many people are reactive to the situation rather than being proactive. And and I go back to your accountant comment mm. earlier on. Yeah most accountants are a reactive scenario you're there to do your tax at the end of the financial year and what can we do rather than what can we do for next year and
2: very much the same with with property
0: what should your accountant be doing a good accountant be doing to help you manage your portfolio more effectively I
2: think I think it's the other way around what should you be doing to help yourself with the with the accountant services mm-hmm. so really what you should be doing is if you're serious about property investing is you know at least have one or two meetings during the financial year with the accountant to see how you're tracking and what you can do to uh, further enhance your portfolio and also uh, look at fine-tuning things so that you know, you're know you doing some tax planning along the way and you are programming your acquisition or consolidation uh, depending on what your tax situation is, what your family situation is, and in fact, what your goals are. And and the accountant can help you with that uh, along with uh, your broker, along with your strategy. So one, one of the things we do for clients that are multiple that hold multiple property portfolios we have a round table meeting with their accountant and their broker along with us so that we are all on the same page because like you said earlier they're all different moving parts and We want to be making sure they're all moving in the same direction uh, and not pulling against each other so that the accountants totally focused on tax minimization whereas the broker can't get you a loan because you've got aggressive tax minimization uh, happening uh, so all of those things need to work hand. they all hand. need to work
0: together and, and i've seen it many times where a lot of property investors own their own business that might be a sole trader or a, in a partnership or a pty whatever it is right and their accountant will look to minimize their tax as much as possible so they don't show any income mm. right and when you take that yeah. to a, your mortgage broker to say i'd like to get some money they go, you, yeah you make it a loss yeah you know, pay some but, tax but buddy. No, no no it's not really <laughs> like that you know it's, it's so so it's so important in terms That's of your right. portfolio that the the different pillars. Talk to each other to actually understand what the strategy is. It's okay to make a profit if that's it right. allows you to. It's okay to pay tax. It's okay. To- it's good to pay tax. It, it, it puts. Yeah, you know? you know, that's
1: what pays for your infrastructure at the end of the day. Like you can't have it both ways. And I think that's once again. That's if you're just starting the journey, so to speak. You need to get together with with a broker and with an accountant and with a strategist, if that be the case, and hash out that plan and hash out the goals over or what's going to be for you for the next six and 12 months and those that have already got a portfolio and especially in today's market being driven by finances we we talked about earlier on now is the time to get on top of your scenario if you're already not because you know there may be some pretty good opportunities that come up over the next six to 12 months Mm. and if the worst case scenario it isn't and you've prepared yourself with some liquidity well then happy days if that's your biggest problem that you got too much liquidity and you haven't spent it well yeah, you yeah. with that.
0: Yeah. The time taken to effectively manage your portfolio is going to depend on where you are within a cycle, Correct. whether you're accumulating property or you're paying down debt or whatever. So you're probably going to say, Victor, to this question, it depends, but is there a, a, a magic equation? So if you're paying a accountant to manage the tax component of your property, if you're using a buyer's agent to help you or a strategist to help you understand your portfolio and a direction, is there a magic equation that says... This is how much money you should spend on managing your portfolio based on the size of it or where it is within a cycle. Is that just an impossible thing to sort out?
2: It would be an impossible thing to sort out, yeah. So uh, it'll depend on the type of property, the temperament of the investor to begin with, Um, you know, whether you're a, serial renovator, where you want to renovate something even though it doesn't need renovation. Um, does that happen? Does yeah, it does do all happen all quite a bit. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> people watch the block and go, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah, renovate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think the easiest way to manage it really is what, what I do is I get all of my rentals regardless of entities, and the accountants hate this, right? All, all of the rentals regardless of entity dropping into the one bank account and all of my direct debits, starting from the bank account as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I know very quickly if there isn't enough money in there, which means that, hang on, there's something wrong. One of the tenants hasn't paid, or I've got um, several repairs. So if I've if I've um, not got the finger on the pulse, that's a really fail-safe way of getting some warning signals. It does not still take, take away from the fact that you do need to look at the finer details, mm-hmm. but it's an, it's an easy way to manage it. In, in that sense, so has there been a time, and you've been investing in property for for quite some time. But if you
0: look retrospectively on the building of your portfolio, has there been a time where you've sort of perhaps let it go too far through not managing it effectively and, and paid penalty for it or consequence of it, whether it's a missed
2: opportunity cost or a financing issue? In the early years, yeah, absolutely, because um, uh, you you we all get gung ho and and you know um, think that property investing is all about buying properties. Uh, it's it's about buying well and managing the properties itself. Uh, so yes, you do you do get swayed that way and um, uh, when when, um, especially when the portfolio started getting a little bit bigger uh, when the brokers that I was using would ask for paperwork and it'll take you two three weeks to Get all the paperwork yeah, together. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I remember those <laughs> days. <right? Yeah. laughs> and and, and as we've got come a full circle, right? So if you're applying for a loan right now, most banks would want for all of your facilities, if you've are if if you're a, uh, you know if you've got a sizable portfolio, they'll want for all of your facilities at least four to six months worth of statements, right? Now, if you haven't got all of your paperwork in order, that's going to take you quite well, a few a I'm together. doing that right now. Yeah. And it's, it's a nightmare. How, it we found, found it a How rap, does it feel? Though, that <laughs> it's, it's a headache. But
1: that's why I'm a fan of this paperless scenarios or, or environments and, and I mentioned earlier on about portfolio trackers on Google Drive all of my statements are in there everything is in there in case of the scenario that you're right you know that you're in right now Phil, yeah. where the broker's saying give me this this and this unless you're at home or within the office you're not going to be able to do it whereas on the road
0: or flying well, it's about around always we can we're prepared right and that what makes on top a top good stuff. investor absolutely um, but, but is there is there certain sort of pressure points as you grow as a property investor and and um the number of properties you, you acquire, and, and we won't go into that, but just the absolute size. So if you go between, if you, when, when you get the five properties, does it start getting into a different realm of headache yeah. or, mm-hmm. or possible? So what are those, what are I those reckon, sort of critical yeah. points you reckon?
1: You know, property one, that's yeah. the
0: hardest because yeah. it's all new. It's the new baby, right?
1: And you're getting used to it and you're listening to everybody else on how they do it. And you just got to find your own groove. Property two gets easy. I reckon the next magical milestone in terms of everything. So I'm talking finance, management, headspace, pressure is around about that five mark. Now, I'm just taking an average purchase price here. We're not talking about five, $1 million properties, just your average purchase price. I think five's that magic milestone.
0: Is that where we could all come
1: unraveled? If you don't get that right, if you you get past the five. I think you can come in one. one. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. um, you need to start as you mean to continue. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. um,
0: Makes sense. Because if you don't, you'll you'll create bad habits. So how do you keep the energy that you had on uh, property number one all the way through to property number 20, 30,
2: 50? Pretty easy, I suppose. You're just focusing on a goal. So if you've got your goal sorted out, the energy's there, right? If you're just investing for the sake of investing, yes, it becomes sort of a thing that you're doing in the background and therefore you'd lose sight of the detail, you lose sight of the reason as to why you're investing. For me, I'm
1: a bit, like I agree with Vic, the goals are a very, very big part of it, but the goals are always changing for me, you know, especially... With as your family grows. So for me it's about the instant gratification and and I think we've talked about this before, like property is often one of these asset vehicles that you can't get instant gratification. So I look back retrospectively and I look at what my portfolio has done for me over the last year, then I break it down to a month, down to a year, down to a day, down to an hour, down to a minute, down to a second. And I know that's a little bit creepy and it's a little bit over um, the how top. How much
0: money do you make every second, Steve? Come <laughs> on. <laughs> this Remember, month? There used to be that calculator that went around yeah. and said, uh, Rupert Murdoch made this much money in yeah. yeah look. look right, some of know? it's subjective,
1: obviously, because you, you, you know, you're only giving your own valuations on your own portfolio. But I think to, for me to keep the energy, you know, we're very, I suppose, privileged. That we surround ourselves with people that are doers, and when you surround yourself with those people, and vice versa, you know, you write off each other's energies and results, and and, it, and it's a very, very good environment to be in.
0: Well, one of the things I know we, we do it occasionally, where we'll look at our portfolio, and I'll go, uh, "X property here, Steve, what what do you think the valuation is?" Right. You know, yeah, I really enjoy it, like the valuation game, right? Like yeah, what's yeah, it worth? Yeah. And and generally we're really good because when we get a bank val against the sort of deemed vowel and that's obviously through some science and comparable properties and stuff and, and the fact that you're in the market all the time I really enjoy doing that and you it's go, good fun right oh really is that going, you reckon it's gone up that much yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah it's good a, fun yeah. it's good fun Yeah, but but, it's a nice fun bit about managing your properties that yeah, and making money right well it is it, yeah. it, but you can't do it every day
1: because it, you won't feel that oh yeah it's gone up a thousand bucks this, mm. this week. You start fudging the numbers too. Well, you do, and I think you've got to be real, otherwise you'll, let yourself, you'll, you'll be in for a bit Well, you always thought sort of on the side of conservative. Yeah, but I am oh, no, I reckon
0: that's even higher than that. Yeah, I'm the negative one, you know? <laughs> mm. It's good. That's all right. So managing your property, I think we've done that pretty reasonable sort of justice. Mm. Victor, summarize it for me. In three points. In three points. How do you be- Don't steal my points though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: what are, the, what are the, the three pillars to being good at managing your property? don't lose sight of the numbers yep. don't lose sight of the reason why you started investing and uh, keep reevaluating your goals and making sure that you are looking at your pay- uh, at the paperwork on a regular basis all
0: right very succinct steve can you do better than that
2: don't steal my points now the pressure yeah. be involved
0: be real and be prepared oh there you go yeah
2: that's a- girl scout thing isn't
0: it <laughs> you got 20 cents in your pocket there you got all my yeah. money <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back to the way i summarize it, you gotta be connected with your portfolio right always um, and 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 i ebb and flow you know and i think everyone does that's we're, we're humans um you know life catches up with you sometimes um but you need to find a mechanism to somehow shake yourself to make sure you you get back in and get involved and victor you've prompted me to to go and sort of hassle some people stuff to do going what's going on with this what's going on with that let's have a look at rentals and stuff like that but um i actually get a lot of satisfaction about being organized it's i'm um Something a bit weird like that right and if I feel things are sort of drifting away from me if I can grab it and pull it back and feel organised I get a lot Mm. of satisfaction out of that Mm. you know makes me feel good so works for me good works for me so we're nearing the end of the first series of the investing insights for the Right Property Group I think we've got two more
2: two more to go two Mm -hmm. more
0: things and and we're we're thinking about something really creative um, for for one of the final ones and and we'll make sure that we let everyone know what we're going to do in that regards but um, I think we're talking about doing a bit of a Q&A session because we've been at this now. This is, I think, the 10th episode of this particular series. And uh, I know the questions have been flooding in, Victor, so I don't want people to feel frustrated that they've been emailing us and uh, we haven't got back to them. We have collected them and and uh, the team have really sort of synthesized all the different questions. So we're going to look to do a QA and a session. So if you don't yet or you haven't yet emailed uh, the guys, uh, questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au about Absolutely anything, please do so because um, we want to get... Uh, some of the questions are quite similar. you know. some common themes that keep appearing, but uh, please do write in and, and let us know what you'd like to have a chat about and we'll have some good fun. We'll do a bit of an extended episode. Does that work for you, Victor? Looking That's forward good. to it. Do you guys want to add anything before we sign off? I don't know, Get your stuff together. you got a property to buy. Yeah. Keep buying. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Th- thanks for joining us, everyone. We do appreciate it. Remember to um, check out rightpropertygroup.com.au if you want to know any more information about the guys. Um I've been to some of these as well. The, uh, you, you still doing your Tuesday night? Yep. Once a month in once Parramatta month, Ridges. Yeah, once it. a month in uh,
1: Parramatta Ridges. And you can see that on our Facebook page or the website. And yep. then once a month in Melbourne as well. Do you have to register
0: for those or you just rock up? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but go to the the Facebook page or the or the website and it'll
0: show you how it's to do there. that. Okay. But no, they're you, good. I've been on there. They're good. Yeah. Look, outside of listening to you guys drone on. I know, I right? Know. <laughs> what, <boring> <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> what I like about it is a lot of really, really good investors there who are, pretty much the people we described today they're from all walks of life right yep. from people who are passionate investors some people who are new or some people yeah. who are sort of whatever type people so uh, yeah and it is a safe fun. space yeah. like we don't
1: allow developers or sort of marketing companies or anyone flogging their stuff in there uh, it's, it's an open forum uh, we're pretty relaxed and we get up and we have different subjects we'll talk about
0: it and just throw questions at us all night or to the panel that we may have up there yeah yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it's good. Meet some like people. Thanks for coming, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bye. Thank you. We'll be back again next month. See ya. Bye.
2: The information featured in
0: this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property, or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a commercial relationship with the companies mentioned.